a digital transformation is really solving a business problem with technology, but the most important aspect of it is solving the business problem itself. Welcome to Modern Business Operations, where we talk with leaders about how ops is adapting to our modern world. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of your favorite business operations podcast, Modern Business Operations. Today, I'm joined by the amazing Bonnie Tinder. She is the CEO and founder at Raven Intelligence. Welcome, welcome, Bonnie. Thank you so much for having me. Excited about our conversation today. Yeah, me too. I've been looking forward to this all week because I've been reading your content and doing my research as I always do. And sometimes a speaker just speaks to you. So I'm really excited to dig into your brain a little bit today. And what we're going to be chatting about is the two decisions required for a successful digital transformation. And I love when something's codified into like two decisions, right? People love like a listicle or some numbers. So we're going to have a really concise conversation today. But as always, I'll throw in some fun off the cuff questions for Bonnie. But first, I just want to ask you, like, what inspired you to build Raven? What were you doing prior to this that kind of got you to this point? Well, I spent my entire career in the HR technology space. And I observed over that entire long period of time that implementation was really the sore spot for clients and continued to be a problem. And I wanted to help that. I wanted to help create a solution to make implementation of software less painful. So that's the reason I started Raven Intelligence. I'll tell you a little bit about that in the future. But as a professional implementing technology for various HR tech companies, as well as my roles in sales and marketing, this idea of implementation was, again, the thorny area for clients. And I wanted to create a solution that would, again, really help them out and find the right solution, the right partner, and be successful in their software project. And Raven Intelligence is sort of like Yelp style site for finding the right partner. And I love this idea being able to make it as easy as finding the best pizza place wherever you are to be able to do that. Use that same sort of model, but do it to help select a partner for software implementation. It's like a blending of a consumer technology along with helping us solve a business problem. That's sort of the genesis of RavenIntel.com. And do you guys specifically help with the implementation stage as well? We don't. No. So we have all of these reviews about implementers of software that a customer can, the process to evaluate and see what's the track record of success for partners. It's all available to them online and for free via our site. So we do not do any of the implementation work. The only thing that we do is collect reviews and offer guidance in terms of picking the right partner and has. And so... Backtracking to sort of you seeing the pain points in software implementation, what were your roles leading up to founding this company? Because I'm sure a lot of people are curious to hear, maybe they're thinking about starting a company. What drove you to that? What kind of experience did you acquire? Well, I started out actually implementing. So I knew the process of implementation and how varied that was. So I spent a, a good chunk of my career really on the technical side of the business. 
The second half of my career was in, in both sales and marketing for software companies. And quite honestly, I saw what that decision process looked like for customers to choose a partner. And it was long, drawn out, and there was a lot of bodyness in the process. You had software vendors who recommended a partner and customers really not knowing other options that were available to them. It was old school in the way that the process was run. And I wanted to make that process a lot easier for a client and a lot faster. So it was really in my role working in like analyst relations and competitive intelligence that I saw just this constant stream of press releases on failed implementations. And I'm like, if somebody is not going to solve this, then I want to do that. My DNA is being an entrepreneur. I love coming up with ideas, the creativity behind that to solve real problems and help the end customer. And so that was sort of the genesis to the company was the roles that I had really in competitive intelligence and analyst relations that was like, right now there's such a need in the marketplace that I felt like there was an opportunity to start it. And so five years ago, I did. That's amazing. And it's also funny. Implementation is one of those things where you don't realize, or it's a problem, you don't realize you have until you have it. Like it's not something people truly think about ahead of time. And so it's almost like by the time you get to the point of purchasing the software, you really don't want to worry about how it's going to be implemented. You just want it to happen. And that buying process itself is so complicated. So I think you've hit a pain point that not many people know they have, but once they do have it, it's huge. That's right. And it's too late. Yeah, it's too late. So for sure. The biggest problem now is that customers overestimate the importance of choosing the right software and they go through this arduous, enormous process to choose the features and functions that they want and then shortchange the process to decide on an implementation partner and path. And it's really that critical piece that is foundational to having a successful implementation of that great software. So shortchanging that second piece of it never bodes well. Yeah, that's a really excellent point. So I want to talk about our topic, the two decisions required for a successful digital transformation. First of all, what in your mind are you implying here when you say digital transformation? Because it's a broad term. Yeah. And, you know, it gets confused with the implementation of a piece of software. A digital transformation is really solving a business problem with technology, but the most important aspect of it is solving the business problem itself. So for instance, employee engagement is a problem that many companies have been looking at. So increasing employee engagement, increasing employee retention, those are the things that they want to solve through a transformation of the HR function that becomes enabled by a piece of software that helps them do that. But when we say digital transformation, it really is solving a business problem with technology, and it does not mean just software implementation. So you have to sort of understand and understand your problem first before you start throwing a technology solution at it. That's a huge part of the issue. And then you have to match that problem with the right software to enable the success of solving it. Yeah. So let's talk about that. In your opinion, what's like the overarching problem in software implementation today? In terms of the 
sophomore implementation, it's underestimating the effort and the change management that is required to do them well. Yeah, I mentioned earlier, customers spend a lot of time looking at software. Does the software do what I need it to do? The features, the functions, are employees going to like using it or the customers that my stakeholders, are they going to like using this piece of software? So I think that customers really get wrapped around making sure that the software is correct, but then do not really ensure that the path to get that software live is also cared for. Choose the right software takes a long time. I mean, there's companies that spend a year evaluating and selecting a software. By the time they've gone through that, they're so tired. They're like, all right, we'll just, let's get this implemented. Let's find a new team to do that. And that really doesn't translate to that great software that they just spent all this time evaluating being successful in their company. So I think the overarching problem is underestimating the reality of how am I going to get this line? What is the time that it takes? Who is the right partner that I need to have? Who's the right team internally? I need to ensure that all of these things are adopted by my stakeholders. All of these things ultimately will have impact on my business to solve this first problem that I had. Okay, I hear you there. So let's talk about these two decisions, right? What are they at a high level? Number one, choosing the right software. And number two, choosing the right path and partner. Okay, let's talk about number one. Tell me more. Why is it so important and why is it codified this way? Yeah, so choosing the right software really goes back to this process of defining your business problem and matching a technology that will enable solution of that particular problem. I think the important factors in finding the right software are number one, finding the right software vendor who has a track record of success, who has experience in your industry, who has a technology that is going to serve you well for the next five, 10 years, and that it has longevity. These projects, if they're big enough, can take years. So you don't want to implement a technology that's going to be obsolete in two years. So what is the viability of this software better in the long term? What is the cost? It's not just the sticker price on the proposal that you're getting, but what is the cost to maintain the software over time? And really understanding that all of those elements is really important. Then also understanding how does this compare to my other options in the marketplace and really finding that best fit in terms of the software for your company. That's a given. All of the great implementation in the world is not going to solve a bad software vendor experience. You have to choose the right one. On the other hand, you can choose the right software vendor and choose the wrong implementation path and partner. And no matter how good that software is, it will not be successful if that second part of the equation isn't had. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about the second part of the equation. Choosing the right software implementation partner sounds easy enough, just we know it isn't. So what are some of those pitfalls? So number one, don't go with the software vendor that the implementation partner that your software vendor recommends. You might end up going with them in the end, but don't just immediately say yes to that without doing your own homework and researching all your options as well as doing your own due diligence. At the end of the day, you have to live with that partner in the long term. So 
recommendation of your software vendor, certainly that holds a lot of weight and they know the track record of that partner. On the other hand, in order to really get the most competitive look at a proposal as well as understand who is the team assigned, all of those things, you need to make sure that you're doing your own homework and choosing who's best for you. Another pitfall is to go with the cheapest proposal that you get. And in those cases, when customers make a choice based upon price, saying this software is going to get live no matter who doesn't, I'm going with the option that is the lowest, fastest way to get this thing up and running for our company. Chances are you're going to have change orders along the way because the project wasn't properly scoped or like there was the you get what you pay for. The quality will not be there. So you want to make sure that you are looking at what's the statement of work that the different partners that you're evaluating are putting in front of you. How good was the discovery process? And then making the decision based on who did the best job, identifying the need that we had, and then putting together a scope of work that matches that. Certainly, price is always a consideration. Nobody has unlimited funds here. But on the other hand, if you go with something because you're looking at prices, chances are you might end up paying more in the end. This episode is brought to you by Tonkin. Tonkin is the operating system for business operations, providing businesses with the building blocks to orchestrate any process with no code or change management required. Contact us at Tonkin.com to learn how you can build complex processes fast. And if you're interested in staying up to date on all things business operations, join the Adaptive Ops community at operations.community. Yeah, that's a really good point. Or you might end up putting all this money into a software and then you end up not renewing the next year, which sort of means the whole process is moot, right? Right. Not renewing and losing all of that time and effort that it took to get it live and potentially losing credibility internally at a project that didn't get off the ground. So more than just, oh, we're not going to renew this software contract. There's a lot at stake in failing in a project. A hundred percent. Okay. So then you mentioned choosing the right implementation approach and partners. So how do you look at that process? In terms of the approach, you need to look at your timeframe, your team, and the sort of the methodology of how that project will look. There are companies and there are software vendors who have a rapid start implementation, which is a fixed timeline and a fixed set of project elements that happen. And it's typically a fixed price as well. In those cases, you can get up and live on a software. I've heard 45 days. I've heard four months. Some very, very condensed time frame. With that being said, in that sort of approach, sure, you can turn the software on, but what's the quality of the data that was brought over? How can you get that actually adopted by employees during that period of time? Typically, when those things go that rapidly, there is a lot of rework that needs to get done on the back end. So the rapid implementation, that is an approach. Customers like this idea of, hey, I want to just rip the Band-Aid off and get this done really quickly. Not we have at Raven, we don't see those projects rated well. We see those projects actually rated poorly in terms of 
expectations being that the actual time involved and cost involved ends up being more in the end because of all of the extra rework and things like that. So the in terms of the, the methodology or the approach, time frame is a big piece of it. Also, the methodology or approach sometimes could implement on your own versus using a partner. And so you want to understand if I were to do this DIY, how much is my team going to have to assume in this process versus hiring a partner who has expertise and staff that can augment your team during the process. So the methodology, you have a choice between doing it yourself or using a partner. That's something that you have to decide on as well. And projects that are done, and I'm talking about enterprise science projects that are more complex in scope, projects that are done with a partner, satisfaction and overall impact is far greater than those done DIY with the help of the software vendor's professional services team, so to speak. So third party typically is going to give you an optimal result if, if you can go with that approach as well. Okay, so anyone listening in who is thinking about implementing new software or maybe is already in the process, highly recommend checking out Raven Intelligence. This is my first time hearing about it, reaching out to you as a speaker. And so it's something that I haven't seen out there in the market at all. It's definitely something I'll be using on my next go, implementing some new software. And also just the theory behind it, right? Even if you don't use something like Raven, I think folks in business operations, et cetera, a lot of the onus is put on them to kind of vet the software themselves and implement it, right? Twofold. And so I think thinking about some of these processes and the way that Bonnie is explaining can help mitigate some of those risks that come along with that. For sure. The other aspect to it, if you've gone through a project yourself, we'd love to hear about it and have a review from you. So write a review on ravenintel.com and share your lessons learned with other customers going through the same process. So whether you're evaluating a new piece of software and implementation, or you've just gone through one, we have lots of free resources available for you on our site. And Paulus, we'd love to hear your feedback on what happened during your implementation. Awesome. And we do have a live audience listening in as well. Hello, live audience. So if you are part of that audience, I'm going to keep chatting with Bonnie, but please feel free to start dropping questions in the chat if you see fit. So Bonnie, I got another question for you. What's the best piece of advice you ever received in your career? You know, I would say be your authentic self and also know your strength. So those two things, I think, go hand in hand and recognize what are the things that you are good at, that you are better than anybody else at, and that you also enjoy doing. Those become your superpower. That's what makes you unique about you, about what you can bring to your job and career. It's what will make you passionate and want to go and bring your best self to work every day. So know the things that you're really good at and then work really hard at getting better at those and bringing those to your career. I love that. And also, you know, bringing those to your life, right? Like we all have things that we're good at. And so it's so important, even in like your home life, right? Your significant other might be better at one thing, you might be better at another. So like finding that balance is, is important. It is. And if you don't know what those are, or you're unsure, Ask the people around you that you love and trust because they know what those things are. Mm -hmm. And 
can help you understand like, okay, what is it that I can bring to this world that is my best? Focus on that. Don't focus on stuff that you're weak at. I mean, that's mm. what so wrapped around is what are my weaknesses? Don't mm. focus on weaknesses. Focus on the things that you are really strong in and just get stronger because it's those things going to be your magnetism to others. Yeah, that's a really good point. Okay, we do have a question from our audience. They want to know, and sort of this is an HR question. You mentioned like retention has been an issue in HR lately, obviously. What do you think the factors are contributing to that? I think we all can guess what some of those are, but I'm curious what you think they are. And then what do you think are some of the solutions as well? I mean, I think workplace burnout is real. I think the stress that everyone has been under in the last three years, the rate of change the rate of social change, all of those things. How do I normalize that within the workplace? How can I continue to do my job while I have so much going on personally in a lot of cases? I think workplace burnout is real. And this idea of, well, if I change my job or change my company, that's going to help some of the stress go away. And I think the great resignation has shown like that doesn't help people. It's just changing for the sake of change to do something new. Grass is always green. Not really. But I think the factors that lead to this idea of burnout are why there's been such a great rate of change and churn during this period of time. I think cost of living is also a big factor. And this idea that if I can make more money elsewhere, that's like more attractive than it's ever been. Just because so many people are like trying to survive at this point and worried about recession and things like that. So if they have the opportunity to go make more money, some cases not even that much more money, that becomes a real driver as well. So being able to be paid fairly or be able to feel like people are able to afford all of these increases of cost of living, I think that's a factor as well as, you know, just rules that pay more, that are more attractive than they will ever have fun. Yeah, 100%. That's so true. And a lot of rules aren't paying more. They're actually paying because yeah. of the economy. That's right. Those are factors. Those are some of the things that are leading to this rate of resignation. I think what's the solution for that is identifying the talent that you need within your organization that you can't risk losing. And you take those people and you train them and help them know what their career path is internally, help them identify their skills in such a way that you can move them and provide internal mobility and move them and expand their skill set if need be, that they understand what their overall total compensation package is more than just, here's what my paycheck is, but what benefits are you offering or flexibility, all of those things that would help an employee understand the total compensation that they have versus, hey, I'm going to go make 20 grand more at this other job. So I'm going to leave the company. So I think there's a lot internally to ensure that your talent is you know, sees internal mobility and is being constantly trained for that next role and feeling satisfied that the opportunities are actually there that's going to help keep it well. Awesome. Okay. Great responses. Final question for you. Is there anything you'd like to plug at the end of the call? And what's the best way for people to get in touch with you? I'm actually going to be at Unleash next week, which is a great HR tech conference. So if you are there 
I would love to meet you. You can reach me, Bonnie, at ravenintel.com. And ravenintel.com, if you haven't gone there and you are in the HR tech space, make sure to check us out. Check out our research. Check out some of the many pieces of software that we have listed out there and all of the partners doing the work. You can read all about implementations and individual reviews for every partner of a major agency on Chances are they're on our site and have reviews. So use uh, com. It provides feedback to us right on the site should you have any questions. Awesome. All right, Bonnie. Well, thank you so much for your time. HR folks, if you're going to Unleashed, find Bonnie. This podcast will be out after Unleashed Conference happens. But if you're listening in live, check her out. Thank you, Bonnie. Thank you so much for taking the time. Thanks to our live audience for listening in. And thanks to everyone who listened in after the fact. Thank you. Hi, everyone. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Modern Business Operations. You can see the show notes and all of the resources mentioned in today's episode at tonkin.com slash mbopod. Thank you for listening and be sure to subscribe for updates on future episodes. 